we want to thank you for joining us today on the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. My name is Travis Rosinger, and I am your host, but I'm sitting here with a crazy beautiful woman. Her name is Dawn. She is my wife, and I get so excited to be married to her and to do this podcast with her because we both have the same goal. She wants to make sure that our marriage is awesome and so do I. We both chosen to love fighting for our marriage. And so we're determined this is what it means to never give up. That's true. We're never going to give up. What an awesome feeling right. that is. Don to know that that is what you want for me and for our marriage and we want that for you guys. Those of you yep. that are listening out there so that you can enjoy the every day of your marriage. And that's why we do this podcast. We just want to encourage you guys to keep fighting for your marriage. So we're going to jump right in today into the content of this episode. We want to talk about a topic that is fascinating beyond just a topic. It is a concept that we believe is relevant and that many couples could be dealing with right now in their marriage. Maybe that's you. You're listening and you're experiencing it. You're going through it. Or maybe as we discuss it, you'll quickly get pictures of other married couples that you know that may be struggling with this area. So what is that topic? Well, we're going to be talking about divorce today, but not in the typical way of a couple serving each other legal papers, dissolving the marriage and moving on with their life completely separate from their spouse. We're going to be talking about a very different type of divorce, yep. aren't we, Don? Yep, we sure are. We're going to be talking about emotional divorce. And so one of the definitions of divorce is to make or keep separate, according to Merriam-Webster's dictionary. But another definition of divorce is to separate or disassociate something from something else. It is interesting to see that divorce doesn't necessarily mean to legally dissolve a marriage or to physically separate and live far apart. There are actually other kinds of divorce. That's new to me. Yep. Isn't that new yeah, to is. you, Don? Yep. Something that we just kind of stumbled across recently and just decided to look into a little bit more and realize, you know what? This is more common than we think. Well, a few weeks ago, we had the coolest couple over that they attend our church but they're actually from another country, but they've lived in the United States for several years now. Yeah, I loved connecting with this couple. They were so much fun, Don. Yes, we love talking to them about their country and their language and just all the different facts about their country. And they were so kind to answer all of the different questions that we had regarding the differences <laughs> between, you know, the United States and their country. We had way too many questions, but it is fun to drill down and figure out the differences. They're such an incredible couple who love Jesus with all their heart, and they have amazing perspectives on mm, life. Like, yeah. they open our eyes to a few things that Super evening. wise, yeah. Well, eventually, we got on the subject of marriage and divorce, and I had told them that my parents got a divorce about eight years ago, and they wanted to know why. They just said, you know, why did they get a divorce? Well, I went on to tell them about my parents' relationship and the stresses and differences that they had over the 40 years that they were married. And that there was so much baggage and hurt and unforgiveness that they basically didn't like each other anymore. So my mom filed for divorce. Our friends who, again, are from another country commented on how that is the difference between the United States and where they came from. That same thing happens to many couples in their country, but they don't get a legal divorce because people cannot afford to live alone. So they just still stay together under one roof. But in the United States, many people can afford to live by themselves, 
So they do get a legal divorce. They serve papers and they separate and they move out from each other. You know what? This concept fascinated me. And I quickly said, so they are emotionally divorced then, you know, but not physically. They have a divorce of the heart. They live under one roof, but they do not have a marriage. Yeah, you asked our friends that yep. question and they immediately said, yeah, yeah, they keep living together, which was kind of unique. Yep. That's not what happens in our country. Right. So we were surprised. Well, we you know, when I went to bed later that night, my mind kept going to that concept and I kept thinking to myself, how many married couples are doing that same thing here in the United States? How many married couples have separated or disassociated their hearts from their spouse. How many married couples are emotionally divorced? The more I thought about it, many couples started popping in my mind. Like I was able to list quite a few couples that live under the same roof, but they live separate lives. Let me explain this a little bit more. There are couples that we know that truly don't like each other. Married couples who are living a single life but they're actually married. Couples where, you know, the romance is gone, respect for each other has dissipated, and the trust has completely been destroyed. Some who are not even friends anymore, but are waiting until their kids grow up so they can legally divorce. We've heard that multiple times. Like, I'm just waiting for my kids to graduate from high school so then we can get a divorce. When I think about this whole concept, my heart actually gets really heavy and I feel really bad for these couples. Yeah. And again, the connection is when couples get divorced here, they usually move out and go their separate ways and physically live far apart. And in this country, the of the, our friends that we were talking to, they were saying, no, no, they just stay together because of finances. They get divorced, but they're actually still living in yep. the same home. And that's when you were making that connection, Don, about Well, I guess we do kind of do that here in the United States. There are those couples that are living like that. So again, we're talking about divorce, but a very different kind of divorce. We're talking about emotional divorce. But what is it? Well, an emotional divorce is just as it sounds, says licensed marriagist and family therapist Virginia Williamson. She went on to say it's essentially emotionally exiting the marriage. During an emotional divorce, a spouse divests from trying to work on or repair the marriage and typically moves through the stages of grief in an effort to let the marriage and their partner go. Now, this is not what God intended marriage to be. No, not at all. His plan was to not have two people living under the same roof be married, but live a single life. Instead, he wanted there to be companionship, love, intimacy, friendship, and for couples to build up each other and encourage each other. God's plan for marriage is really clear, isn't it, Don? In Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, where it says, that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united with his wife, and they will be one flesh. I love that concept. One flesh. I don't think you can get any closer. It's not two people coming together, being side by side. They literally dissolve as two separate entities, God says, and now they are one. That is a deep level of unity. God wanted a man and a woman to marry and to become one flesh. And his plan for married couples is also found in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. It says, two people are better than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Now, that is definitely the perfect picture of what a marriage should look like. 
and how God intended it to be. Yeah, I love that picture of us helping each other up. Don, when you fall down, I help you up. When I fall down, right. you're there. You throw me a rope or you lend me a hand, you pick me up. God didn't create marriage so that you live alone, like so that you live alone in the marriage, so that you emotionally divorce and live separate lives, but you're kind of pretending to be together under one roof. That is not God's best for you and for your marriage. We're talking today about emotional divorce or divorce of the heart. Our heart, obviously, we know is a vital organ, right, Travis? We all need to have a healthy heart. We don't want our hearts to harden physically because it can bring death to our physical body. In the same way, we don't want our heart to emotionally die because it can bring death to our marriage. And that's what happens in emotional divorce. Your heart just dies. Yeah, I love the correlation you're making, Don. And it's so true when it comes to a marriage. We have mentioned this before, but Travis and I are runners and basically every morning we get up and we run a 5K. We wake up around 5.30 or 6. We drink a glass of water, throw on our clothes and our running shoes, and we head out the door all within about five minutes. We're just seriously waking up. I know. Up. Sometimes I'm a zombie yeah. and I'm half asleep. We love running in the morning. It's a great way to start your day, but it's also a guarantee that we will get a good workout in every single day if we do it right away in the morning. Well, when I run, my heart rate is usually between 177 to 179 beats per minute when we're at the end of our run, according to my Apple Watch. And you know, Travis, you just got an Apple Watch, right? I did. I'm so excited. And you wore yours the other day. And as we were nearing the end of our run, I looked down at my watch and saw that my heart rate was 179. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to ask you what your heart rate was. And you looked at your watch and your heart rate was 129. What a difference. Again, mine was 179. (laughs) So different. Yours was 129. And I was shocked. My heart was beating 50 times faster per minute than your heart was. You run at an average heart rate and I run at a maximum heart rate for my age. I looked it up to make sure that my heart- That it was okay. Yeah, that it was okay. That you weren't gonna fall over and die. That's good. such a big difference in our heart rates. This morning after I run, I was thinking about this podcast and the heart and your heart rate came back to my mind. You see, Travis, we can physically live together as a happily married couple with different physical heart rates. But we can't live together as a happily married couple with different emotional heart rates. We can't do that. Emotionally, we must be invested. Both of us have to be equally invested. Our emotional hearts have to be all in. So I just wanted to ask you guys today, we want to challenge you today. Are you all in? Are you fully emotionally invested in your marriage or have you had a divorce of the heart? Are you emotionally divorced from your spouse yet living under the same roof? Are you married but living a single life? Yeah, and and maybe just a kind of a cheesy quick example that I would give that's a lot like marriages where they're living under one roof, but they're very, you know, doing different things and emotionally disengaged would be like two people sitting at a table. Don, you've done this and experienced this. And that is when you're sitting at a table with somebody and you're having a conversation with them and the whole time they're looking away. They're looking at all the, you know, waiters, waitresses, people that are walking by. They're looking around at the restaurant and they're never really engaged in the conversation or the emotional exchange that takes place together. And it's frustrating. It is. Immediately, I'm like, okay, well, this person must not want to spend time with me. I probably won't do this again with them. But that's the way that some people live. They're disengaged, but pretending to be together. Well, some of you answered yes to some or all of the questions that Don just asked. 
Or maybe you can see that this is where your marriage is headed. And if this is you, we first want to tell you, don't give up. Don't give into this. Don't accept that this is okay and that this is going to be what your marriage looks like in the future. And you just accept it. Instead, please know that there is hope and his name is Jesus. And that restoration and transformation can happen in your marriage. So here's a good question. What can you do right now if you feel like you have emotionally divorced your spouse? Or maybe if you feel that your spouse has emotionally divorced you. Well, according to top doctors, all heart failure patients need two things. Well, what are they? Well, to physically heal and strengthen a failing hardened heart, you need to make lifestyle changes and you'll need medicine, lifestyle changes and medicine. And I think that if this can physically heal your heart, it can emotionally heal your heart as well. So we're going to break these two things down a little bit. First, you must make lifestyle changes. So what does this look like for your marriage? Well, what pops in our minds is really the most important thing, and that is that your spouse must become your priority, period. Whatever else is taking priority over your spouse must be put on the back burner. And this includes kids, careers, hobbies. These are good things, but they shouldn't be number one in your life. Determine in your heart that your marriage is not an option. It is a priority. It is the number one priority. The next thing that we can think of is spend time together. I mean, if you're going to really work on your marital heart, you need to get to know each other again. Fall in love all over again. Become friends again. Your first instinct will be to not do this, but this is exactly what you need to do. Not just to date every couple weeks, but you need to spend time together daily, every day, focusing on your marriage. Columnist and journalist Ann Landers once said, love is friendship that has caught fire. It is quiet understanding, mutual confidence, sharing and forgiving. It is loyalty through good and bad times. It settles for less than perfection and makes allowances for human weaknesses. I, I love that, Don, don't you? Like it's so well said by Ann, just how it's not about perfection. It's about making sure that that friendship is caught on fire and we are willing to accept yep. those differences and those shortcomings. I appreciate how she specifically says, love is friendship that has caught fire. And that's what we need to do. When we're in a place where we feel like, you know, we're emotionally disconnected, we need to spend time together. We need to build that friendship all over again and let it catch fire. So we're talking about lifestyle changes that need to be made to help heal the marital heart. And the last one that we give you under this is intimacy and affection need to return. In other words, hold hands, hug, kiss, be sexually intimate. The hormone oxytocin is created through skin to skin contact. This hormone is crucial in creating an emotional bond between a husband and a wife. God created us for intimacy and many benefits come from it, especially that emotional bond that it creates. I think that's amazing that when we have skin to skin contact, we make a hormone like God created us. That's really to cool. create a hormone, oxytocin, that bonds us together emotionally. And so when we feel disconnected, the thing that we need to do the most is be together. So we're talking about emotional divorce or divorce of the heart. And the second thing that we need to do to heal a hardened heart physically 
is to get some medicine. And you know, doctors actually said that this is proven. But once again, I think this can heal a hardened emotional heart as well. So what does that look like? Well, first, you know what? They say laughter is good for the soul, right? It's the best medicine. And guess what? It is. It is good for the heart too. You know, you need to laugh again. Don't take life so serious. Laugh about the annoying habits that you both have. I know, Travis, we look at each other sometimes and we laugh because some things we do are just goofy or annoying and they annoy us. But you know what? Why not just laugh about it? Yeah, if you're about to bicker about something, instead just laugh and go, okay, we're being pretty silly right now. Yes, laugh about the goofy things that you bicker over. Laugh about your differences. It's okay to be different. Life and marriage would be so boring if you were married to you. We wouldn't want to be married to ourselves. We like that we're married to someone that's opposite of us. So laugh. If we're looking at getting medicine for our heart to heal this emotionally damaged heart, we need to forgive. Forgiveness is an incredible medicine. Bitterness and unforgiveness can rot your heart and soul and bring destruction. We need to let it go. Start over. Let God come in and repair and damage that was done, what was done and allow him to make all things new. We've seen miracles. In Ephesians 4.32, it says this, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other as God forgave you. We need to forgive. We need to be able to move on to let our heart heal. Proverbs 17.9 says this, Love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. That is incredible that it says that. Dwelling on hurt and unforgiveness separates close friends. We need to forgive. We're talking about healing an emotional heart that has been hardened. So oftentimes we have to go to a doctor to get medicine. So where can we go to get emotional care for our heart, for our marriage? Sometimes we need to maybe go to a marriage counselor, a therapist, a marriage coach, or a pastor. Maybe you need to bring in a third party that can help you begin to heal your marriage. We need to do the right things that can help us become reconnected and associated with our spouse again, whatever that takes. The best medicine, though, ultimately comes from God. We need to look to God for healing. Ask God to give you the prescription needed to restore your marriage. Rely on the Bible and his words for encouragement and strength. That is where you're going to get the best medicine. Yeah, so these are just a few things that you can do right now to get your emotional heart beating again and to unblock it from the hardness that can creep in to your marital heart. And we just want to encourage you guys to refuse to give up. We have seen marriages in the worst places ever. And because they determined in their heart to not give up and to make their marriage a priority, God went on to do some amazing things through their marriage and with their marriage. Just know we are praying for you. Yes, you guys, we are on your side. We're rooting for you. We're cheering with you and we're fighting for our marriage with you. We just want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. Remember, you can do it. You've got this. Keep loving the fight. We'll see you next time.